0: Hey, my village, it's your coach Mo back with a new episode. So today we're going to talk about part three of the co-parenting series. um, And part three is going to address parenting styles. So um, as you know, I'm a parenting coach. Um, I work with both parents to help them discover their parenting style and learn how to marry them to be able to coexist and co-parent. As a parent coach, I help parents co-parent successfully to be able to coexist in their child's life, which is important because all kids deserve both parents. Um, but another thing with co-parenting, you don't have to only co-parent with the other parent. You can co-parent if you don't have that option because um, not everybody have both parents living, things like that. You can co-parent with family members, grandparents, aunties, siblings, cousins, like um, build your village. But sometimes when you're co-parenting with grandparents, it can be difficult. <laughs> so um, I teach people how to marry those different parenting styles because everybody parent different. I've never met anybody who have the same parenting styles, like both parents having the same parenting styles. Never. I've been coaching and doing co-parenting uh, coaching programs for four years and not once have I ever had two parents with the same style because women parent differently than men um, because we're a little more nurturing and the men is a little more aggressive. But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes the woman is the aggressive one and the more strict one and the dad is not. So it just depends because my mom was like that. Um, My dad was the nurturer. He was the one that gave the hugs, the kisses, the I love you's all the time. And I didn't get that from my mom. I didn't get hugs. We didn't get no kids. We didn't get I love you until, like, I was adult, older. Um, I can count probably on one hand how many times my mom told me I love you. So, and I'm 36. So, my dad is every day. Every time I talk to him, every time i seen him. I love you. He's saying good morning texts every day, telling me, have a good day. Kiss my grandson for me. I love you. So I always got the affection from my dad and not my mom. So their parenting styles were opposite of how I am with my son, dad. Like I'm the nurturer. His dad is the more strict one. But I had that experience with my mom being a single mom and having the more strict one at home versus the person that was outside of the household that was the nurturer. So... Um, it's nothing wrong with having different parenting styles, and it's nothing wrong with the style but I'm gonna tell you the consequences of certain styles and how it can in fact um impact the way your child is developing um There's four different styles just in case you didn't know or you're just now hearing about parenting styles um I do have an episode from probably a year or two ago about parenting styles, but I'm just gonna remind you guys of what it was about so um the first parenting style it's not in any specific order but authoritative. Um the second one is authoritarian, authoritarian. Um then it's permissive, then it's neglectful. Um your style of parenting can impact how your child is raised because parents are the first and primary socializing agent for a child. Um Our influence can be seen in numerous areas of development, such as like children's learning of um, gender roles, their moral development, social, emotional functioning, and cognitive growth. Um, So first with the authoritative parent, those parents with this style, pretty much they tend to set clear rules and expectations. They respect their child's feelings. They help the child with problem solving and willing to negotiate with their child. Children of parents with this style tend to be happier. They're more confident. They do well in school and they're more independent. This is my parenting style. It's kind of related to gentle parenting. That's what I can sum it up to, um, to describe it most as gentle parenting. And a lot of people frown upon gentle parenting because they're still struggling with that slave mentality of beating the hell out of your kids for any little stupid thing. But me as a parent, like I negotiate with my kid. Um, I'm not gonna be the parent that forced him to eat. Um, I ask him, what do you wanna eat? That's, that's gonna save me a headache at the dinner table where you don't wanna eat, you whining, complaining. I don't want that negative energy. So I avoid the conflict at all costs. What do you want to eat? And i get you what you want. It's that simple. Parenting don't got to be hard. And people make it harder than what it needs to be. Because um, like when he's with his dad, he going to eat what I give him. He has that old school mentality that I grew up with where it's either you eat or you starve. I don't do that with my kid. That's traumatizing. That's trauma, and I think that's why I am the way I am because that is traumatizing. You don't force feed your kids. I don't do that. I don't do that. It's not healthy in the long run, and you're going to learn why when I talk to you about the authoritarian um, parent, but I have clear rules. He know his limits. He know his boundaries, so I set clear rules, clear expectation. This is what I expect of you. This is what I need you to do. And it has consequences if you don't do it. The consequences are not going to be whooping him, but we're going to have a talk. We're going to take some stuff away. But I respect his feelings. I'm not that parent that will, with the rule of speak when spoken to, or I don't want to hear your your opinion. I don't want to hear your thoughts. I tell him, tell me how you feel, even if it hurt my feelings. He, we have an open door policy. You communicate to me and tell me how you feel. I don't want you to hold nothing in because I was in that generation of suffering in silence. Um, Speak when spoken to, your opinion don't matter. You didn't get a say in anything. You just gotta do what they tell you to do or else. I don't want that for my child. Um, I help them solve problems, but I'm not a helicopter parent. So I help them get to a solution. Here are your options. Because um, otherwise, they'll grow up not being able to make decisions on their own. They're going to be dependent on you for everything, and that's why my kid is so independent. Um, because I allowed him at an early age to start making decisions. Um, give him choices. You want this or you want this. You want to do this today or you want to do this. It's not um, letting him control stuff, but it's just letting him make decisions. Um, because I know I'm still planning out things, but I give him an option of what thing he wants to do. So for example, be like, Hey, today I'm free. It's family day. You want to go to John's incredible pizza, or you want to go to watch a movie? I'm still picking the two places we're going to go. So it's still in my control, but it makes him feel like he can make a decision. So that's the one thing about the authoritative parenting style it's one of the most uh, rewarding ones uh, where your kid turn out the best out of all the parenting styles because you're doing gentle parenting now <laughs> as far as the authoritarian parenting style so parents of this style tend to have high expectations they're firm rules and they will not negotiate with the child um it's whatever I say, go kind of energy. Uh, children of this parenting style tend to be well in school, but they lack confidence, they're not independent, and they're potential like antisocial. So they're that, um, they become that type of child that suffer in silence, need their parent for everything, they will not make a decision, they're indecisive, they're not confident, they have low self-esteem, they're one of those kids where they like, I suck at this or I'm not good at this or I look ugly because they don't get that nurturing that you're beautiful. Like I tell my son, you're a king. You're a handsome king. I compliment him. He's a boy. Boys need to hear compliments too. So they won't be just with the first female that show him that type of affection and that comfort. My son asks for hugs 20 times a day. He tell me, I love you every five minutes. My boyfriend thought it was crazy when he first met me Uh, about three years ago. He was like, he just told you he loved you. I said, he's going to do this probably every five minutes. Mom, i am like, what? Love you or love you, mom. <laughs> Can I have a hug? He's like, I've never seen this before because he didn't grow up with uh affection like that. So he lacks affection. Um, so I have to teach him like, Hey, this is how we are. Every time we see each other, I give him a hug. He's not used to that. So now he is because it's been a couple of years now. But he's like, i never seen a, like, um like a parenting relationship like this. I'm like, and then he came to my family event for the first time um, Thanksgiving last year. He's like your whole family is like that <laughs> we all tell each other i love you we give each other everybody give a hug when you come to the house and he was just like oh my gosh like all of you guys are very loving and affectionate and i've never really experienced that so it makes a difference in your child's life when they grow up you might not see it in the beginning but you will see it when they get older and you'll be proud of the way you're raising your kid um the next one is the permissive parenting style. So, parents of this style tend to be more responsive to the kid. They have very few rules. They're flexible expectations and they're their child's friend. So, that's that fun parent. Um it's not really any set rules. It's just they're winging it. <laughs> they just in these streets twerking with their kids, they just winging, parenting, not really caring about consequences, not really being a guide or a leader or a mentor to their kids. Um, Children of these parents uh, with this style tend to do poorly in school. They lack happiness, they're more impulsive, they're spoiled children, and they're prone to do drugs. These kids usually turn out to be an addict Because they're probably trying to hide away from their reality. They want, kids want you to parent them. I've never met a kid. I mentor kids for years. And I was a cheer coach for about five, six years. Um, I coached um, elementary, middle school, and high school age kids. So my lowest group was probably eight years old. Um, I did a group of eight to 10 years old, um, 10 to 13, and then high school they want you to parent them. They want that nurturing. They want the hugs. They want the kisses. They want you to pump them up. Because I'd be like, hey, queen, you look pretty today. Like They're princesses. I always pump them up. Like You're handsome little boys. Don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. I love your skin complexion. Because I did it. Uh, I worked in Compton. I grew up in Compton. So when you're in a underprivileged area, they don't have the luxury life. Um, their parents are working hard. So a lot of times, I meet kids like, I take on that parental mentor role. I help the parents. So I co-parent with the parents. I pick them up for practice. I take them home. I feed them before I take them home after cheer practice. Like. I was the soccer mom. I had a van and full of kids. I'm taking all the kids in the van to the games. (laughs) I was doing everything. But I loved every bit of it. And I was doing it for free. So I volunteered for years as a cheer coach. Helping the community. Giving back to the community. Giving back to the youth. Taking them to competitions. Stuff like that. It was so fun. I can't wait to start doing that again. But these kids want... Guidance. They want structure. Um Sometimes they might push back against you having rules and stuff like that, and they want to be rebellious. But it's just a reaction to the unknown. They eventually start to get used to it. So I always tell parents, never give up. Never give up on trying to parent your kids the right way. Don't need validation from family. Because I got pushed back. <laughs> like... He need to be whooped. And I'm like, he ain't did nothing that justified beating him, like whooping him. I don't whoop him because I have self-control. Most parents whoop their kids because they can't control their own emotions. And that's just, they, they don't know what they don't know. And if you know, you know. So because I know how to handle my kid, and I know how to um, take a breather step back. And check my emotions before reacting. That's the permissive parent. They're reactive. um, Where they just react versus talking and things like that. Like my son, I know he only act up for three reasons. He's sleepy. He's hangry. Or he misses dad. You just have to know your kid. You have to know your kid because... These kids don't do nothing for no reason. I have an episode about that. Um, I can't remember the name of the episode, but everything has a reason. Just like we act, react the way we do for a reason. We haul off and beat the hell out of our kid for, well, not we, because I don't do it. But it's because we either taking our stress out on the kid and we frustrated, we overwhelmed, we stressed as a parent, we got a lot going on that we're holding in and not getting help with and suffering in silence and then we just lash out on our kid because that was the breaking point that's most of the reason why most people whoop their kids because they can't control their own emotions and they're not handling and resolving the real issue then they feel the parent guilt after like after they whoop their kid anyone show love no it's too late because they're going to learn to hate you they ain't going to want that love from you because all they feel is the hate and like why did you whoop me my son if he was when i did used to whoop him long time ago i would tell him why before we'll have a discussion and be like you're going to get a whooping because of this um you broke my laptop or you did this and it's a punishable offense um but i seek to understand first so that's why uh the authoritative authoritative parenting, negotiate, and like they respect their child's feelings. Because I'd be like, why were you acting up? And he'd be like, well, I miss my dad, or I was mad. Or, and my son is one of those really intelligent kids. Now he's 13, but he would be like, mom, I'm sorry for talking like this to you. I was hungry, and thank you for feeding me. I appreciate you. He always apologized because he know I don't deserve the way he acts but I don't react to the way he reacts <laughs> because sometimes I'd be like, oh, I didn't feed you. It's been about six hours. I should have had dinner ready by now, but we're having dinner late because he's used to a certain schedule. Like we eat breakfast by 7 a.m. We eat lunch by 12 and we eat dinner no later than seven o'clock. So when I'm off of that schedule, like I'm busy and I get like sucked into work or school and then time go by and i'm like oh shoot i didn't feed him i know he's gonna come to me hangry with an attitude frustrated complaining and i'll be like i don't want that negative energy he don't want that smoke either so i'm like before we get to this point let me like i would have ever since he was a little boy even when he was in a bottle i would wake up early just to have it ready and prepped so that when he wake up i don't have to deal with the negative energy i don't have to deal with no crying whining I don't have to deal with no complaining, but I know my child. So I've mastered that where I know what triggers him. And the last parenting style is the neglectful parenting. It's pretty obvious. (laughs) It's that parent that just don't care. So parents of this style tend to be unresponsive, undemanding, detached parents, and provide only just the basics. So they only do what they got to do just so you can survive. But they don't care about nothing else. They're just that nonchalant, do whatever you want to do, don't bother me, I don't bother you kind of parent. So children of this parenting style are left to provide for themselves. They're more prone to antisocial behavior and they do poorly in school. So this uh, neglectful parenting often develops uh, neglect with kids kids feel neglected they become detached um uh, adults where they're really just like don't have no connections with people that's why they become antisocial. they become like introverts uh, which is no problem because i'm an introvert but I didn't become an introvert till like started working from home six years ago and not being around people and I enjoyed the piece, <laughs> but I enjoyed it for a different reason because being an empath, you don't want all those different energies around you anyway it's exhausting it's draining so I enjoyed being isolated in the pandemic and stuff like that but when it comes to your child when you're never responsive to them they always like mom hi and then you just irritated like leave me alone um when you don't require nothing of them and they could just run the house tear it up do whatever they could be loud and you just walking around like you don't hear nothing like I hate seeing that because um, I've seen it before. I'd be like, that ain't loud. Like, You ain't telling them to stop jumping on the furniture or calm down. They'd be like, no, they, they doing their thing. And I'm like, no, they need to sit the hell down and act like they got some sense. But I'd be like, it ain't my problem, so I'm going to mind my business. But um, those neglectful parents are very, they don't have no emotions. Like They're just very detached and don't care. They just winging it in life they don't have no expectations, usually no dreams, inspiration, nothing. They just there just so the kids won't get taken away. <laughs> they show up, but they just not doing nothing with their life. Um it's the most unhealthy parenting style. Um because we need to we are responsible for raising these kids and being bringing them into adulthood, teaching them how to be an adult. We have 18 years to do it. Teaching them how to be independent and live and survive in this world and have the least amount of mistakes as possible. Um, these are the kids that go to college and don't know how to do nothing. Can't cook. They will starve. They don't know how to do laundry. They don't know how to do nothing. Um, And it's not good. But when it comes to different parenting styles... It's not permanent how you parent, cause sometimes your style can change. Cause I used to be the authoritarian. Um, before I started becoming a psych major, um, back in two thousand, I started my psych journey two thousand five, and I got my first degree two thousand sixteen. Y'all, it took me eleven years to get my bachelor's. I said I was the hardest degree ever to get. My master's was the easiest. And then the PhD is kind of just like, it's cool. I love it. It's a cool journey. But it took me 11 years because I would go two years, take two, three years off, go a year, take another year or two off. Like I literally took forever. So um, once I started really getting into the studies of psychology and child behavior and stuff like that, that's when I learned about parenting styles. That's when I learned about child development and the process. And that's when I started being a conscious, intentional parent and wanting change for my kid. Because then that's when I started realizing the way I was raised, it wasn't right. (laughs) That I lacked affection. Like I had met a guy, uh, he taught me how to be affectionate. Because I was like, I don't hug, I don't. You don't got to tell me you love me all the time because I get it from my daddy. Like, I was that person where I didn't need it for nobody else because that wasn't something I was missing, but I didn't know how to give it. So, um, your parenting style can change, but it's up to you because parenting is intentional. So with me and my son, dad, we used to clash because he would be ready to whoop, all whoop beat my kid. And I'd be like, uh-uh, he didn't do nothing for you to be able to whoop him. And he used to feel like I control, try to control how he disciplined him because I would step in and save my kid. And be like, nope, you're not about to talk to him any kind of way. You're not about to abuse him. You're not about to cause this trauma on my kid mental because I have to deal with it and heal him when he get home. So we had to sit down and come to a common agreement of how we would discipline him. I'd be like, seek to understand. So he started being a little more gentle. He stopped whipping him. He started having conversations. And he found out, like, they have a lot in common. And it's sometimes it's frustrate them because they're the same. <laughs> so a lot of times what people, like, will lash out on their kid because they just like them. Like, I don't get mad. People just think it's so weird that I don't get mad at my son when... He got a smart mouth because I swear to God, I drove my parents crazy because I had a mouth. Like when I tell you my attitude was jacked up from elementary on, like in elementary, my mom used to have to come sit in class with me and I was still act the ass. Like I was that kid where, oh, teachers say they're going to call my mom. I'll call her for you. I got a cell phone. That was me. <laughs> call her here's my phone. You want me to call her for you? So I always had a a smart mouth. They always used to say, you know, older generation, your mouth gonna get you in trouble. Nope. My mouth gave me paychecks (laughs) because I get paid to talk. So, um, I would get, I never got suspended a day in my life. Like I never, it's crazy growing up in Compton. Like people, Thought like, oh, it's rough, it's this, it's this. But when you live there and you're from there, it's different. Because um, I wasn't about that violence and stuff. I never even had a fight a day in my life. Me and my twin sister are 36 and we never fought before. Because nobody ever wanted to fight me. Being one I was always the tallest girl at elementary, middle school, high school. And they knew my family was like six of us at every school together. So they wasn't going to mess with us. <laughs> But I was a good girl, straight A student, but I just had a mouth on me. But I could back up what I say. So I wasn't scared. Like I've always been this fearless person, daredevil, try new things spontaneous. Um but with my son Dad, he was not like that. So he would be quiet on a lot of stuff and he won't speak up. So I never knew how he felt about certain things. Um, but he had a lot of anger inside. So I'd be like, You're just taking your frustration out on your kid. And so when I had to point that out to him and just like, Hey, you parent like this because you didn't have that guidance and that parenting, because you didn't grow up literally with your parents like raising you and stuff, so you don't know what you don't know. So, um, being that I had an advantage of having a psychology background and being a parenting coach, I was able to teach him a different way and then it worked. I'm like, just take stuff from him. My kid is so sensitive. This new generation of kids, all you got to do is take away his, um, Xbox and he is done. Like I could pick up a belt. I know it's kind of not good to do this, but... I would act like I'm going to whoop him. If I go pick up a belt, he'd break down crying. I'm sorry. I didn't even, I'm going to do it right now. I don't even got to hit him. And I know that's traumatizing, <laughs> but I'm not perfect. But you could pick up a belt and act like you're going to whoop him, and he would break down. It's that easy. So I do not try to traumatize him like that, but I will tell him, like, do you want a whooping? You asking for one. And didn't I tell you to do this? he'd be like, yes, I'm going to do it right now. Or he'd be like, give me a minute. I'd be like, no, now or never Um, is how I work. There's no gray area for me. If you do it or you don't. I'm a yes or no person, not a maybe so. Um, But that's how I attack life. I'm like, I don't do the gray area. It's either you do it, you go 100%, or you don't do it at all. I don't do the halfway. So it's good to talk to the other parent about how they want to parent because you cannot... Co-parent when you're going to just fight against and do the opposite. Kids can't get comfortable or connect or have to live in two separate, totally different households. It is not healthy for a kid. Like um, It started like that in the beginning with me. He get the love, gentle stuff from me and then go to his dad and his military because his dad was military. And it's getting whooped, getting yelled at, threats. And then you come home and I have to reprogram him again. I got tired of it. And I'd be like, can you stop yelling at him? Can you? Then he's why are you trying to control what goes on in my household? I thought she was a parent coach. Like I used to get that always thrown at me, um, Miss Coach Mo. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm not trying to control it, but we gotta be on the same page with how we discipline him. Cause that's when um, he moved here for about two years. And that was the first time we was co-parenting in the same state so we traded places my son lived with him during the week to go to school by him and i had him on the weekend best time ever like i was like i need a break i raised him for nine years by myself um we got to switch up so he coming to live with you and that's how we did it so because that was his primary home it was a whole switch up for my kid because he was like i want to come home like dad is yelling at me or he won't let me do this and Um, it was one of those um, no electronics during the week he can only read books but then it was to the extreme because I'd be like you make him read books only no tv no electronics no game no computer nothing during the week so when he get home from school it's just homework and reading and but It was to the point where he only let him read books that he wanted him to read. So I'm like, damn, he can't even pick his own book. (laughs) He got a lot of books he loved reading. Because I make him read all the time. Because at my house, I let him have electronics. But you have to read 10 pages and recite to me in chronological order what you read. So I can know you're able to read and comprehend. Then you get your iPad for an hour or two. Then if you want it a little longer, you got to read some more. So me electronics was a reward his dad it was just you just don't get it at all so i'm like damn you're just too drastic like things you know he loved doing this if he did all his work his grades are good he's really a good kid he helps he cook he clean he do laundry take the trash out check the mail he really relieved me of a lot of duties which i appreciate and love Uh, most helpful kid ever um sometimes he'll be like mom you can sleep in like I made you coffee um I'm gonna cook you breakfast don't worry about it I know you was busy you were up late last night studying I got you I love it I'd be like thank you like you're the best kid but he do the same thing I do the same thing for him he'd be like you're the best mom ever and so we feed off each other's love language um but It's important to communicate with the other parent about the different parenting styles and how you guys are gonna marry those parenting styles together to come to a compromise because parenting takes compromisation. You have to compromise in order to coexist and co-parent because otherwise you'll be clashing, clashing, clashing. Because at one point he pushed back, like I'm gonna parent him the way I want to, you do it how you want to at your house. That don't work for kids, especially younger kids um, because they would never get used to one routine they will have to keep adjusting, adjusting, adjusting. Like If you go to them every weekend, they go to you every weekend, then they gotta be this way on the weekend, then they gotta be this way during the week. It's not healthy. It's not healthy at all. So I hope this helps somebody. Um, Just remember, I am a parenting coach. I am offering my co-parent like a boss program. To eight-week program where we go through these different processes to help you heal, change your mindset, forgive, coexist, be friends again, build a plan, learn how to communicate. So the next episode is going to be about how to communicate. Communication is very important and this one's going to be a little juicy because I'm going to give you a little more insight <laughs> um, of what I experienced as a co-parenting coach and a co-parenting person like parent. So um if you are interested in my co parenting program, you can definitely reach out to me. Um my email is in the description bar, Monique Atkins12 at gmail. Um you can reach out to me on different social media platforms. Send me a message. I don't mind uh talking to you and um giving you a free 30 minute consultation uh which I call a breakthrough call where we could talk to see if I'll be a good fit for you. Um I also have co-parenting icebreaker cards where it's 50 questions that you can ask the other parent and learn how to heal together yourself. Um those are $30. Um you can message me. I don't have them on my website anymore, but you can message me and I can send you out a deck of cards or I have a ebook which is um $14 and it's a co-parent like a boss ebook. So these different series that I'm doing, it goes into more details like a workbook where you can um read the details and it tell you different things about how to co-parent like a boss. Um and I also have co-parenting contracts. So those who have somewhat of a co-parenting situation but they want to lock it down and set those restrictions those boundaries like the co-parenting contract I'll talk about in another episode I think it's the episode after um yeah it's right after the communication episode so two episodes from now I'll talk about the co-parenting contract um and what it entails but um if you want to work with me and you're ready to put in the work message me email me reach out to me let me know um, I do have room for two more new set of clients for co-parenting program or four individual clients for other programs. So I do have a plethora of programs, but right now I'm focusing on like one-on-one coaching and co-parenting for this month and next month. So um, reach out to me and we can get on a call. And until next time, Coach Mo out.